Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. At this time, I will be looking at a particular prophecy that the Lord gave me in August of 2022. This is August the 16th, 2022, and the title of this prophecy is Human Trafficking in South Africa. So I'm going to be just looking at one or two prophecies con um, concerning Africa. I already put up the ones that I had before, but I will be looking at the particular dream that God gave me concerning an event that he showed me will happen in South Africa concerning the trafficking of children. And there is no banner scripture on this one. It was just a quote that really touched my heart. And it's by this man by the name of Jiddu Krishnamurti. And the quote says, it is by no means a measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. I will say that again. It is by no means a measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. This means that when the society is showing the kind of damaging ills that I'm going to discuss in this particular prophetic dream that God gave me, and the citizens of that society are so used to it that it's just an everyday type of thing, then it means that the whole society is sick on one hand because of the sick things that happen, and on the other hand because of the sick people that live there and let those things happen. So I began to see a headline in my dream, and the headline said 600 children used for sex slavery in South Africa. 600 children used for sex slavery in South Africa. And that headline was the star of the dream. It was a screaming headline that was splashed across all the newspapers of South Africa. So I saw newspapers that was in the dream on people's desks. And I saw that people were reading the newspapers in the public transportation, which are called taxis, but they're not like yellow cabs. They're not like our Ubers and cabs here. It's different. It carries a lot of people at one time. And I saw that people were scrolling this headline on phones and tablets, and even old people who should not be reading this kind of sordid stuff were reading it about this child trafficking bust. Everybody was reading it. Even young people were reading it, school kids, working moms. I saw government officials. Everybody was riveted by this because this was one of the biggest exposes, one of the biggest exposes of a big bunch of sex crimes against children being revealed at once. Then I saw the headline again, 600 children used for sex slavery in South Africa. And every time this headline came in the dream, the dream would change and something else would be happening. So after this first time I saw it where everyone was like, huh? This was a breaking story, 600 children used for sex slavery in South Africa. The next thing I saw was how sex Af um, South Africa has a culture of abusing children. So I'm not going to say, oh, it's something that happened. No, it is, it is a culture. Every nation has a culture. Every nation has something that they do that they're known for doing. This country has a culture of sexual molestation and systematic destruction of young people from a young age, beating children severely. I saw people talking to children like they are nothing. And God spoke about this in one of the prophecies here in America. It's called God said, and I was looking at many different types of child abuse that God was showing me. And one of the types of child abuse is talking to young people in such a way that without using your hands, you tear away their personhood. You tear it by talking to them like they are less than trash, less than rubbish, less than human. You tear away their humanity in the way that you address them, in the way that you feed them, um, treat them. I saw them putting young people out of the house at a very young age, literally throwing them out in the streets, 
to go and fend for themselves, knowing what the streets are like for a child. I saw them starving children at home, not wanting to give children home food. I saw them beating these children severely. But what I saw most of all was that, was that South Africa has a culture of men who love to caress, stroke, and touch the young developing flesh of South African girls and teenagers. I said, I saw that there is a culture of men touching, caressing, and having sex with young developing girls and teenagers in South Africa. And so in this part of the dream, after seeing the children being abused from a young age, I saw a man I didn't see people's faces in this dream. So, um, for some reason, God will just cut off people's heads. So I will just see, I saw this man with a huge stomach, a huge stomach in the act of raping a girl with a very voluptuous body, but she was still young. She was either an early teen, middle teen, not 16, 17, 18, 19, like that. She was a lower teen. And this man had come into the bedroom. And I suspect that this man was either this girl's father or he was some kind of family to her because he lived in the same house. And he came into her bedroom in the early morning and just pulled his boxers down enough to jump on this child. And I saw that this girl was not fighting because she was used to this man doing it. She, she wasn't moving. She was just lying there like a plank. She was just lying there like a plank, enduring it so that she can get, get dressed for school in the morning so she can wake up and get dressed for school. And this was happening in how Tang, how Tang. And the way that this man was on this child, I promise I was watching this vision and I was wishing that this man would die. I was wishing that he would have a stroke or some kind of other heart event right there and just pass away. And the Lord said to me, as I was looking at this, he said, the girls of this place, how Tang are very well acquainted with sexual activity at a young age, because their fathers, their uncles, their brothers, their cousins, their school teachers, their schoolmates, the males who are their caretakers. And in fact, random males, this is society at large. This is just random older men, younger men out there in the society outside these girls homes. He said they are heavily attracted to when these tiny, skinny, little, smaller ones, eight, nine, ten, suddenly enter into that womanhood phase where things begin to grow. And God was showing me that in this part of Africa, these girls undergo this transformation very suddenly. So you can meet somebody one summer in her 11th year, and you, she's just a normal sweet. Uh, um, skinny, willowy teen. The next time you see this girl at 12 or 13, she has filled out so rapidly. That is the way their puberty goes. God was showing me. And he said that these girls all end up knowing about sex at a very young age because it is guaranteed. These are not my words. These are the Lord's words. He said, it is guaranteed that someone will touch most of these children before they reach 10 years of age. And he said, after you have molested someone from eight, six, nine, ten, he said that person ends up spiraling into now sexual activity because the Bible says, do not awaken love before the time. So when you end up touching children way before the time that they gain adult maturity to know what this act is, what is in, what does it entail to learn from parents what the responsibility is for it, and then to also learn the mind of God. Who is it for? The married only. Only the married. A man and a woman only. Before these children have access to that information that keeps sex in a safe, a safe role in a person's life, people have already touched them, raped them, molested them, and involved them in sex. And then he says they begin to react to the rape and the molestation trauma by becoming super hypersexualized and involved in early adult sexual activity, but they are still children. So this view of this man who was assaulting this girl, this is not a hero story because God was showing me inside the child's heart. 
This girl was not planning to wait until she got a little older to approach her mother. She was not planning to run away. She was not planning to set up a, a to catch a predator video and video the man in the act. She was not planning to tell the police. This girl had no plans to be her own savior. She was simply waiting for this man to finish so that she could wash, put on her school uniform and go to school. And I saw that this child had been holding this assault, this pain in herself for a very long time. And the reason was because she already knew what would happen if she spoke up. She knew that she will feel all the backlash of her mother. She will feel all the backlash if that was her father's brother who lived in the house with them, if that was her own father, if that was her mother's brother, her cousin who lived in the house with them, if she spoke up, she would get the backlash and pain of exposing this man. She would be told that she is a prostitute. She will be told that she is a liar who lies on men and accuses men. She would be told that she is a whore who lusts after men and tempts men. And that is why the man raped her. And I heard this sentence, you are so ugly. Who told you that my husband would ever want you? You are just a liar looking for attention. This situation is why this girl had been putting up with this rape. So I was feeling extreme anger in my heart towards that man in the dream. And then it changed again. 600 children used for sex slavery in South Africa. The headline flashed. And then I saw a massive metal elevator. And I'm not talking about the kind that we're used to that says 11 to 12 people, please, or 13 to 15 if it's a bigger elevator. This is a service elevator that you find fitted into the back of certain types of buildings. That thing is big enough to carry a tractor in it. It's big enough to carry a car in it. And so this one was coming from the underground floor of a building and I saw 60 black children very poor looking, most of these children, 60 black children were being moved by night into that elevator. And none of these children looks like they were older than 13 years old. So they were very small, skinny children. And some of them still had toys. And I remember looking and thinking, these must be the new ones because children who are shuffled from place to place for a very long time in the sex trafficking, they are unfortunately extremely acquainted with the bitterness of that life. They do not get toys. They do not get birthdays. They do not get anything. They just get passed from person to person. So the ones that still had toys, I figured they must be new, but most of the children did not have any kind of toy. And there were only two men who were handling the movement of these children from that bottom level parking garage into the elevator. And the reason that it only needed two men is because those children were so well controlled and they were so scared and they were so obedient. Not a single one of them was even talking. So I figured it was probably late night movement of trafficked children after everyone has gone to bed and these elevators can be used. And I saw where these children go. They end up at private birthday parties. They take off all their clothes and they are made to perform naked sex acts on each other for the guests. They are made to perform naked sex acts on the guests. These things are called sex parties. Private sex parties taking place in South Africa featuring extremely minor children. The ones that I saw nobody had hit their 13th birthday because hardly anybody had breasts yet. That's how young they were. They get taken to these parties to serve as performers. The performers want to watch the children do stuff to each other. The performers want the children to do stuff to them. All of this came out in the newspaper article that is going to come out in the future. Private parties, and the, the article was carrying names of some of South Africa's who's who. Some of South Africa's cream of the crop. TV stars, music stars, political stars. They were all featured in that article. And the private parties of those who held those parties and those who attended was being exposed as one of the places where many of these paid for and trafficked children make an appearance. At the same time that I was seeing them naming top officials, top supermodels, top TV 
TV announcers, top movie stars, music celebrities, as people who have the parties and go to the parties. God was showing me an ordinary birthday party with children happy, running around, spraying water on each other. There was a big bouncy house. You know, the, the bouncy house that the children like to bounce on. There was cake. There was the party bags. And God was showing it next to the expose to show this is where the where, where children should be but this is where children are excuse me please and then the the headline came again 600 children used for sex slavery in south africa and in that dream now uh since the dream was changing every time i saw the headline the next thing that i saw is i saw myself calling a friend i called a friend in south africa and i was concerned i said um this thing is hitting the news here, and I want to know what kind of prostitution rings can that place possibly have that 600 whole children went into prostitution at one time, and none of the households were able to come together and find out that this many children are gone at the same time? What Was any reporting done to trace it? How come nobody noticed it? How come all of the cases were not linked? Because you know here in America, the cops they try. They will at least try to look for similar MOs and put things together. But I was like, so none of those cases of 600 whole children were seen as suspicious or related. What's going on over there? And, you know, I, I wanted to know from somebody who may know. So I described my concern. And this woman said, these men are ruining these children at the speed of light. You have to watch it's the man in your household you have to watch out for. That's what she said. She said you have to watch these children, especially the girls, 24-7. Because bottom line is, even your own husband might notice that the child is growing up and touch them. The children themselves are problematic and they are so sexual. But I'm starting to think that it's a cause and effect. That the children aren't just sexual by themselves, but this is actually the effect of so many of them being touched and introduced to sex at such a young age. And she was explaining to me that with this embedded culture of sexualizing children and destroying them at such a young age, this woman said to me that she was not at all surprised at the news that had come out that 600 children were used for sex slavery in South Africa. And then the, the scene changed and now another woman was calling me and she was upset because she was saying to me, how can this be happening? How can you be seeing this type of thing all the time and that you can never tell us what to do about it? You can't see where it's happening, Celestial. You can't even tell us where these places are. It's just upsetting. It's unacceptable if you're just going to be stressing us all the time about news, about predators and killers on the doorstep, but you can't even tell us where it is. And I just kept quiet because... Even if that person wasn't in South Africa, I know that parents can be irrational when they are scared. And I wanted to tell this woman, you know, I'm not a GPS map. I'm not a GPS tracker and I'm not Google Maps. And that's why I can't see where things are happening. I wanted to tell her that prophecy isn't a case where I'm not supposed to speak just because I can't say, oh, the murder is happening at 1152 Maple Drive. So I just kept quiet. And I just let her say what she wanted to say. And then the dream was over. And when I woke up from this very disturbing dream, God was saying to me the following. So please listen. God said that South Africa is a well-known trafficking hub for children. He said that it's one of the most modern countries in Africa. It has the lights. It has the glamour, the glitz. It has all the modern amenities that you're used to here in Europe. You're used to in Australia. You're used to here um, in Canada. And so he said, there are enough distractions in a nation that big and cities that modern that people can disappear there without a trace. So this is probably why the police had not linked all those children as children who were in one big sex slavery ring. 600, I didn't say 60 or 16 or even 100, 600 busted at one time. The Lord said South Africa is connected to all the international travel routes. It has quick services. It has seamless air traffic. And people can go in and out of that country without any kind of strenuous border checks or anything like that. So this might be land borders or the air borders or both. 
He said that people easily traffic women and girls, but they also traffic both types of children, teenagers and young women. But he said that children form an especially vulnerable population in South Africa. There's no good laws in place to protect children. And he said that even the laws that they do have, the enforcement of those laws is terrible. So this will probably be a pathetic police force who either don't call when they don't come when you call them that a crime is in session. They don't review video evidence, even if a girl does try to catch her own predator to get video evidence, to get evidence of a person stalking her. They will not come until that person gets violent with the girl, until that person rapes the girl on her way home. After she has reported many times, this person is scaring me. This person is telling me, just wait. I'm going to get you that kind of thing. He said they do not even enforce the laws that they do have to protect children. So he said many of the things that adults are doing to children in South Africa, nobody monitors it. Nobody cares about it. Nobody listens to these children when they speak up. And he said, even if it reaches the point of prosecution, it usually only happens when a child has been so damaged, probably damaged sexually or until the child dies. So only when the predator has raped someone to death or only when the predator has touched a one month old baby or something and a death results that suddenly now they're willing to call the person a criminal. Now suddenly it's, it's time to go to court. And he says the South African society allows over sexualization of women in general. So they're extremely trying to put forward this Jezebel Delilah look. And he said, men put their hands very early on female children for sex. And one of the things that I was seeing in this dream is what South African generally females dress like, especially the children, they are notorious. They are worldwide known in South Africa that they have one of the worst type of school uniforms. Remember that some schools, some nations, we don't bother much about school uniforms. You can always know if you see a kid in a school uniform in Europe or here that it's a certain type of school they're, they're going to. Kids always just wear, um, you know, they just wear clothes from home. They wear their own personal fashion. But many countries follow a dress code. They follow something called a uniform. And they do that so that as children are growing up, it gets, it takes away this, oh, you're poor and oh, you're rich. If everybody's in the same uniform, you can't actually tell whose background has money and whose background does not. And it helps a lot with peace of mind for the children in school because here in America children have been known to commit suicide because their parents can't afford the right I think it's called the right fit the right clothes the right fit they call it you know and so you don't have the right sneakers you don't have the branded this and branded that and these these children are quite wicked wicked nowadays and they torment one another until the other one commits suicide the other one cannot enjoy school. The other one doesn't want to go to school anymore because his t-shirt all wrong, her, her dress is all wrong, her hair is all wrong until they convince her that her presence is all wrong and then your child just decides they don't want to live anymore. But I saw that South Africa is right up there with Korea and Japan in, in terms of terrible school uniform. These children are half naked. Every single part of their feminine uh, body is either tightly outlined or it's totally on display. And so the Lord moved on to talk about human trafficking hubs scattered across Africa. He said, especially where you find a major city, these are the cities he named, Dar es, Dar es Salaam, Tunis, which is in Tunisia, and Rabat, which is the capital of Morocco. He said, once children hit those points, Dar es Salaam, Tunis, and Rabat, it is easy to slip them into the European sex trafficking trade. I think because those places might be closer to Europe. I'm not sure. But he said there are major trafficking hubs in West Africa, and Nigeria is the biggest one. Another one can be found in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Malawi, and also in limited amounts in the nation of Zimbabwe, and of course, South Africa. He says it all boils down to access. Who can access these children? 
Who has parental control over them? And how well are the parents doing their job? Who else has access to them? Family members, you're leaving your child with the grandfather and the grandfather is just living his best life on your nine-year-old son or daughter. And the child cannot talk because these are close family members telling them, oh, this is our secret and things like that. He says all these things, who controls the children? Who can access them? This is the, this is what greatly influences the trade of missing children. But he says that when it comes to the female trafficking, a lot of young women are drawn to the bright lights and the exciting opportunities that you can find in the big African cities. The problem is that Yao was saying that you move with no support structure. So you go and live in uh, Johannesburg or Cape Town and you have no support structure. And the Lord says it is very easy to prey upon you because when you go to places like that, your mom isn't there, your dad isn't there, your friends aren't there. You move from another place, maybe in South Africa that's smaller, or you move from one part of West Africa to another because you want a job job opportunity, but then you don't have a support structure. You're a young woman. It's easy for someone to drug your drink. It's easy for someone to say, oh, a couple of us are meeting up at this house, and then you go to this house and you get gang, rape, gang raped because you're new to that city and you don't know that that's what the boys do. And so he says that they are like deer. These young women are like deer going into a den of lion without knowing it or without even recognizing what that den is. And so this is the dream I had. And in it is the prophecy of the Lord that South Africa is heavily involved in trafficking minors. And one day there's going to be a massive story that breaks in the newspaper and may God hasten that day a huge bust with an unimaginable number of children involved. It may not be 600, it may be 551, it may be 602, it may be 401, but it is a huge number of children that will come out and these sex parties will be exposed with an unbelievable lineup of names, big names involved. And God was telling me when this happens, Expect for the community and South Africans to scapegoat and begin pointing here. This is some of the stuff he was saying. Parents will be saying it's not our fault. People will be saying it's the fault of the police. The police will say it's the fault of the community. Everyone will point at the judges and say the judges don't do enough to sentence the rapist. That's why the rapists feel free and frisky because nothing ever happens. He said it will be this and that the government will be denying that they are responsible and that they will say they've done enough to make the community safe, but the community isn't acting wise. He said no. The truth is that this is a culture of waiting pedophiles, men, male family, male friends who are literally lying in wait, waiting for girls who are growing up to reach a certain point so they can touch them. The Lord says that when a mother is busy, she may only notice her daughter functionally. She may notice, oh, she's getting a little bit big now. I need to stop and get her some bras. But God said that predators see something totally different in your child, male and female. And he said, you can pick it up in their speech. Here are three sentences. Please listen. You look different than the last time I saw you. You look bigger. Or they might say, you look fuller. They might say, I can see you're becoming a woman now. If you ever hear a man, a male relative, a family friend, or anyone actually saying that around your child, male or female, saying that around your daughter in a certain way with a certain tone, and you don't step in immediately and nip that thing in the bud and also shame them publicly in a way that will let them know that harm can come to them if any harm comes to your child at their hands at any point in the future, then you are raising your children amiss. You are supposed to be the fence around your children you are supposed to be the place your child can tell you anything because you are the first support structure of your child. So if your child is like this young woman that I saw in the second part of the dream and her soul is a bubbling pit of pain because she knows that her mother will tell her, you're ugly. Who told you that my husband could ever want you? You're a liar and a prostitute. My brother could never touch you. My brother could never. Remember the prophecy that says, 
the way of the wicked is darkness. God said in that prophecy that when people have gone through the devastation of sexual abuse and they're trying to speak, and especially their family members knew about it and allowed the, the assault to happen because the person who was assaulting was that family member's family member. So a mother will let her husband assault the daughter because, or her boyfriend assault the daughter or the son or she will allow the assault of her of her brother against one of her children because well it's her brother and she doesn't want him to go to jail so she sacrifices basically her child to this predator god says that when he judges such people it will be the worst judgment that they have ever experienced i'm repeating word for word as i remember it he said that when he judges you for allowing sexual abuse against the vulnerable even if that abuse happened, I don't care how long ago. God says that he will do something that will make the heart of the victims smile. They will smile when God takes care of their pain. May the Father hasten that particular prophecy to fruition. So thank you for being with me. I'm Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice. Until I see you again, goodbye. As the prayer call progressed, God moved to Africa. God began to strongly remonstrate with the African churches and say that the African churches are defiled. That people are running here and there engaged in man worship. So they're going to the church and they're calling these sometimes very young men who look decidedly undernourished, skinny men in their early 20s and some of them 30s, calling them papa, which is just a... a, a an irreverent term of calling a person father. And yet the Bible says, Apostle Paul saying, you don't have many fathers in the faith, meaning that there are not a lot of men who are willing to raise you up, Christian, from childhood to teenhood, to young adulthood, to full manhood, even to your gray hairs, the way a true father does. These men have burst on the scene, but what did God say about where these people have come from? God says that these people are working with the marine kingdom, water kingdom, mermaid, siren, undersea powers. And the church he singled out for this is South Africa. God says that they chase after human worship, pastor worship in South Africa. And, um, if you bother to do a little light searching on YouTube, you will find some of the most disturbing clips. People in South Africa go to church and the pastors spray them with bug spray. So raid we have here in the United States, they spray them with bug spray and tell them that they are spraying the demons out of them. This is toxic chemicals. They spray right in the faces of people. Another scandal that they had in South Africa is that a pastor had his members, he said that he was going to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he told his members to go outside and eat grass. And these people became almost seized with the desire to consume actual grass. They ran out, they laid on the ground, they began to pull the grass on the grounds of the church out of the earth and shove this chlorophyll meal into their mouths. This is the kind of bewitchment that is happening in South Africa. And God says that this thing is diabolical in the extreme. First of all, people are not coming to the church because they love God. They're not coming to the churches because they're interested in getting to know the true God. They're coming to the church simply because the pastor is trending in the newspapers. He's also trending on social media. He's also trending word of mouth come to this church it's so electric and it's so wonderful god says that people are going to the church in south africa because they want to find out the secret to wealth these pastors are extremely wealthy but as i continue delivering this prophecy it will be revealed why they are wealthy so people are coming to find out the secret of how to get their marriage fixed which is something that people do here in the united states they're coming to church to find out you know how to get their child into the best universities they're coming to find out how to be a successful business person they're coming because they want to be as nicely dressed as the pastor and his tight click of protocols or they're just coming because 
the church has a trending presence in the nation of South Africa, and therefore they want to be associated with that church. That's just celebrity church attendance, which is something that we are very familiar with here in the United States. But God says the fact that you are coming to church for pastor worship is offensive to him. The Lord revealed that the pastors in South Africa are working with the principality of the dragon. You can find out more about the dragon if you re read Revelation chapter 12. The dragon is an extremely hardened iron principality. Satan himself, I saw this principality suspended in the air over South Africa, controlling the entire region. Please understand that I am delivering this prophecy real time, simply from memory and from what the Lord is giving me now. I saw that the dragon principality controls South Africa as a whole. And God said to tell you, South Africa, that your worship is corrupted. So when you hear this word, please don't think, well, my pastor isn't like that and my church isn't like that. Remember the example of a pigsty. A pigsty is a very filthy place and a person who works in a pigsty is in direct contact with pig poop, pig stench, and pig mud. If that person is your roommate, can you really say that you are clean? If you share an apartment with someone who works at a pigsty, just because you don't work there, is he not going to bring the pig poop, the pig stench, and the pig mud into the house. Track it into the kitchen, into his bedroom, into your bedroom when he comes to greet you, into the kitchen, the bathroom. The entire house is defiled. It doesn't have to mean you are defiling it. It just means that the house is defiled. So God says that dragon is controlling South Africa and the churches are defiled. And he said that they are in outright idol worship. They are either idolizing the pastors. They are running to and fro, he says, looking for prophetic churches. South Africa is in the midst of a false prophet epidemic. As long as you can get yourself five suits, a microphone, and find a place to rent, you can guarantee that you will have a following. And here is why you will have a following, um, producing false miracles. The Lord says that these men are in direct cahoots with the marine kingdom. They are taking power from mermaids under the sea. He said they are also taking power from dragons under the sea. And indeed, I saw both mermaid and dragon, principalities under the water, something else that the Lord called the queen of the coast. These pastors go and enter into demonic covenants with these creatures. And here's how it goes. A man will want to get power, wealth, influence, money, probably attract some beautiful girl to marry, to be um, an accessory for his ministry. And so he takes his thin unknown self to go and contract with the mermaid spirits within a very short time this man will begin to attract a following. The words of this man's mouth will be tainted with what is known as the power of seduction. Everything he says, even if he stands in the pulpit and says, laundry list, soap. I bought water for my house today. I went and did my groceries. This is the movie I watched last night. The church will erupt in praise and craziness as if he was reading out the entire book of Habakkuk or the book of Haggai and interpreting it with flawless precision. Because these people do not know the word of God. They do not study the scriptures to see if the things the man is telling them is even true. All you need to throw in is three or five scriptures and they will say, preach on, preach on go deeper, go deeper into the matter. But the truth of the matter is that they are seduced by, for instance, the oils that the mermaids give these people to rub on their bodies. You have to take special baths when you do these covenants. God has been talking to me about these things. I have been sharing them here and there in the videos, and they are definitely printed on the master's voice. They have, these men have to take special baths. They have to get naked and go down to the coast at unbelievable hours. They have to make sometimes human sacrifices. They have to make animal sacrifices. And as they go deeper into the performance of the covenant, because the performance of a demonic covenant is never done. 
God was saying in the prophecy that it's like joining the gym. When you join the gym, you pay your membership every single month. You can't skip a month because obviously you will not have access to the gym anymore. So they enter into seasonal covenants where they have to make either a big sacrifice or they enter into monthly covenants where they have to keep performing rituals to keep the level of spiritual attraction, keep people coming to the church, keep them trending in the news. And in fact, the South African government does not know what to do with these churches that are so unbridled and undisciplined anymore. People are getting very much hurt in these churches and the government is at a loss how to stop it. Because even if they say, you cannot preach unless you have a pastoral license or we're investigating you, the people themselves are under such bewitchment that they will fight their government on behalf of these false mermaid swimming dragon covenant pastors. And so God was showing that these men have to pay a price. For many of them, the price is blood. They will sacrifice their members in the long term. And this is why unexplained deaths keep happening in these churches. But another way that they pay their debts is they collect the wealth of the people. Please understand that Satan steals, kills, destroys. If Satan can kill, that's his highest level. If he can take a person's life, believer or not, he will but it's still fun for the dark kingdom to destroy a person. It's fun to break a businessman down by telling him, if you keep bringing bigger offerings, if you bring the biggest offering, we're going to put your name in the next lineup next week and things like that. And so I saw and spoke out that the Lord says that even the ancestral lands of South Africans are being given away to these false pastors and the false pastors are taking away the material wealth of the members of the church, impoverishing them, and then going. I saw the man swimming down to the sea in just his pants with his belt on, nothing, swimming down to impossible depths, carrying papers, rolled up scrolls in his hands to an entity that was sitting topless on a throne beneath the water. And God was saying out of my mouth, that is the inheritance lands. In South Africa, they have something called inheritance lands. And the way it came out of me was this land is your ancestral lands, almost something like what the native Americans have here with the reservations. It's your ancestral land. It has come from your great, great grandfather to great, great, to great, to grandfather, to the father. And it's supposed to be a form of material wealth, land, trust lands, I think that is passed on generationally. And the family is supposed to hold on to that land as a form of wealth. But I saw that mostly male, male relatives, desperate to get out of poverty, desperate to get a wife, desperate to get a job, desperate to have a successful business, desperate to have a successful career. They were even going so far after they had tithed their cars, after they had tithed half their salaries or, or three quarters of their salaries. They were being so impoverished, like when you keep losing in Las Vegas and you still keep betting, thinking, I'm losing, but I just need to win big and then I'll get back everything I lost. I saw these men taking the title deeds to land that they owned, homes that they owned and giving it to these pastors. And I saw these pastors taking it under the sea as part of their monthly dues to pay to these entities. So I saw the dragon in the sky over South Africa and God is saying that the South African churches are corrupted and that people need to come out of this corruption and repent. The reason for this is very important. God is going to judge all unrighteousness. I am saying that scandals are coming of a nature whereby you will feel embarrassed for the person when you see them on TV. I have been bringing this word back to back repetitively throughout the recent videos. Scandals are coming whereby it has nothing to do with you, but when you hear of it, you're going to think, oh, because you're going to wonder how that person will ever recover from that level of shame. God is going to drop kick these pastors, drop kick these false prophets, Alf Lakau, claiming that you can bring people back from the dead. Shepherd Bushiri selling items 
in bottles and talking about it's the original blood of Jesus or it's the original anointing oil of Calvary. There's no repentance in the hearts of these people. If you don't separate from these people, when the father begins to drop kick, guess who's going to go sailing into the atmosphere along with these men? You that follows them. You that flocks to their churches. You that thinks that the manifestation of severe demonic activity in these people actually means it's the power of God working. It is not. God is saying, repent because the judgment for these people is coming. It will be swift when they go down and you have a soft space in your heart for them. And even worse, you are sharing a demonic soul tie with them. It will be very difficult for you. The Lord's voice, do you still want to be my friend? Do you still want to see what I see? And all I could say was, in my heart, I answered him back. And all I could say was, I don't know if I have the strength. Because I would not say that I don't want to be God's friend. My response was just like the wise prophets that came before me when God was asking Ezekiel, can these bones live? He didn't say, well, I don't know. He didn't say no. He said, God, only you know. And so I was saying, I need strength to be your friend at this level. This is what God sees. This is what people deny. They go to the movie theaters and then they watch a movie here and there and they think we're actively doing something. You are doing nothing because you don't even know what the problem really is. You don't even know that part of the problem is your inability to believe of the ones who do this, that they do this. You can't accept that your pristine America actually covers this type of thing, actually covers Las Vegas clubs, that's another thing the Lord showed me in this prophecy. Besides the woman giving her ritual menses to a man to eat and him eating them off her. And besides a woman's belly cut open of life and the child pulled out and chopped right there and consumed, still warm, the way some people have oysters, raw. Las Vegas parties where young men are brought out. I shared this part in another vision. And I remember in that video, I said that this that I'm sharing now, I would never share. I would never say. I only shared a piece, a tolerable piece, where I said that I saw that rich people have parties, a certain caste of rich people, a certain clan, a clique of them. They call themselves the untouchable, an army of them. And I said that God showed me how money can destroy human affections, how you can be, it is possible to be so rich that you are bored with all the exclusive flights. You've sat in all forms of first class. You've been in them all. You've had all the champagne and the foie gras and there's nothing left to amuse you. And so as God says, you turn to blood sports. You turn to hiring two men, two homeless men, and feeding them for a period of two, three weeks and giving them boxing lessons. And then you invite them to the party and say, we're going to show off your skills. And then you put them in some kind of ring in the basement and hold a gun on them and tell them fight until the death. And the winner gets a million dollars to sweeten the pot. That's what they do. Blood sports. Even in South Africa, God showed me this that they have top, top, top elite parties in South Africa. The rich people, the models, the politicians, the actors, they go to these private top parties and children are supplied to them at these parties. And they make these young children of nine and 10 and small ages like that perform sexual intercourse on one another while the adults stand around and watch. That's the first level. And then after the kids are finished, the adults sleep with the children. Children are trafficked in South Africa, moved by night. The Lord spoke of different hubs in Africa. And one hub I remember is in Nigeria and another hub is in Libya. Another hub is in Tunisia and South Africa, he said, is almost like a network like this, the shining diamond of Africa that connects human trafficking to multiple ports around the world, even European ports. None of this is what I plan to say, but I'm just going to say it 
because the Lord told me, he said, it will all come out a tsunami, a wave of exposure and disclosure. I will bring it all out. And what you have said and what you have not said, it will come out. So say it. And I'm saying it now so that people can know what I'm doing here. I didn't come to entertain you and I did not come to hear what you think. I have come because God has a lot on his heart. And when I say a lot, I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from what I have seen. If you have not watched the prophecy that is called blood to drink, it is high time that you as an American went and watched that prophecy that is talking about everything under the sun, how the rich and the elect do eat people that they prefer babies, some cooked, some raw, that they do eat them as a delicacy. And that is why the abortion rate is so high. Don't think that those babies are aborted and go to some unmarked grave and their parents cry over them or whatever. The very fact that the girl is in a clinic cutting life out of her womb should tell you that she's not the type to really feel much sympathy for what she's carrying in the belly. All those children go somewhere. They're probably shipped on med evac ice to keep them fresh because there's people waiting to keep them and turn them into supper and hors d'oeuvres. And yet, in the end times with so much going on, God is prophesying new life, revival, revival, coming back to life in the midst of death, coming back to life, dry bones, nations, nations are made of people, you know, dry bones, receiving the water of the word of God and bringing forth fruits that will glorify God. Repentance is the key to that. Apologizing to God for personal sin. That's how revival actually comes to a country. Each one accepting my sin, my sin, my sin. And then that thing begins to catch a fire. The Holy Spirit begins to blow on it slowly like a campfire. And it catches in one home and another home. Spiritually moving from person to person, wherever it can find willingness. People are going to get right up out of their boyfriend's bed and say, it's either we marry, we separate until you're ready, or we separate for good. Why give God a low tier? I want to sin, but I also want to go to heaven. Heaven doesn't want you if you're sinning, and I don't care if you're offended by that. It's amazing how people want to have standards, but then want to also insist that God is so much love, he cannot have standards. That's preposterous. God invented standards. Heaven is a standard. Hell is its counterpart. Hell is where people go that don't want standards. Hell is the home of Satan, the anything goes guy. You want a life where anything goes, that's your home. That is your father. For you to carry on sinning after you have heard the word of truth, then you're making your choice, the family that you want to be in. God has standards. No one can demand that the father not have standards, especially if we mere mortals have standards. Well, I won't eat that. I won't shop there. But then God should just take anything because why? It doesn't work like that. Wherever repentance can catch fire in a person, the Holy Spirit sees another dry wood and can move there, another dry wood and can move there. Study true repentance, not the false candy cane lies that we have here, where people just get excited for a moment and I'm driving over there, it's a great time. We sang and God was there and then I have to go to work. Revival is a fire set by God and it burns where the wood is dry. America is green. And when she is burning, all she gives off is that poisonous smoke that all the Davy Crockett guys know. You should not burn green wood. Even I know that. Green wood, undried wood, but where the wood is dry. It might be dry because you're suffering. You might have lost everything. You might have been in such a hard time. And maybe it's not your fault. And maybe you're in a hard time because your head is hard. So God wants to show you that his is adamant stone, flint, a diamond, much harder than yours. 
Maybe you're in that horrible situation because you have worked and clubbed and partied and weed gummied your way into it. And now he's got you pressed up against the wall so that you can call his name, so that you can humble yourself and repent. But where the wood is dry, because of whatever circumstances, the Holy Spirit comes in there and begins to move and kindle. God, I'm sorry. If you are sitting in your home and things are coming to your mind about what you have done, why will you not go to your knees and open your mouth and release those things so that you can be free of that burden? If it's been coming to your mind, how many emails do I get? It's been on my heart. Why do you need to talk to talk to me about it? Why don't you just humble yourself? Why don't you just kneel down and try to see if 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 can happen at your home? If my people, why do you want to be called by his name, but you don't want to humble yourself and turn from your wicked ways and confess your sin so that he can come to you and heal your land? You're made of earth, dirt, animated for a season. You are the land. Psalm 32, a Psalm of David. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin for this cause everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found surely in a flood of great waters they shall not come near him you are my hiding place you shall preserve me from trouble you shall surround me with songs of deliverance so in the average life where you have not received proper Bible training, you have not been discipled in the truth of God's word. Most people will forget about everything I said from verse one all the way up to verse six, and they will just jump to verse seven and make a boast. God is my hiding place. God will preserve me and keep me from trouble. God will surround me with songs of deliverance. But there is a process to how this person ended up at verse seven, which is a promise from God that he will hide people from trouble he will save them from a flood of great waters. The process is repentance. The Psalm starts out by saying, the man who God has forgiven his sin is a blessed man. So what does that make the man who's still holding on to his sin? What does that make the man who will hear about still twerking in the club at this time of human history where wars are being fought and beamed into our homes? And he's still out there and saying, well, what's good for the weekend? That man is not blessed. His sins are piling up. There's a time clock operating against his life and he doesn't know it. He's not like the one who has confessed the sin and it says the transgression is forgiven. The sin is covered. The blessing can now enter. Why is the blessing going to enter? the home of an active sinner. In America, when we say active shooter, everybody wants to run away. But then active sinner, everyone is like, don't judge him. You don't know what he's struggling with. The struggle is not the shame. The shame is the refusal to come out of the struggle into victory. There is a misunderstanding in Christianity today. We glorify the struggle, but I'm struggling. Are you looking to the victory beyond? Does it matter to you enough? Do you actually want to attain the next step or are you in love with the attention and the comfort and the sympathy that you get in the victim period? We all go through the struggle and we need that comfort, but some people get addicted to the comfort. Some people love the victim role a little too much. 
They get used to the waterworks flowing and they get used to easily sinking into the base emotions of depression and fear. And but what can I do? There's plenty you can do. You can be bound up like this, but nothing limits you lifting up your eyes and praying to God with your mouth. And in the time that is coming where we will not be allowed to offer public prayers, you have the endless vista of your heart, an unlimited meadow to walk up and down in your heart, talking to your God. Prayer cannot be taken from you until life is taken from you. May God protect us and not bring about any AI that can read our minds when we're praying because they're working on all that kind of stuff. Even when you are limited, God is listening. All these promises of being saved from the flood, the godly will be saved when they pray to you in the time that you can be found. In the time that you can be found, automatically tells us that there's a time he will not be found. Exactly like the DMV. As soon as it's time for those people to go home, shh, they close the window. You could be standing right there. You could have the forms. You could say, they will pull that shade down in front of your face and go home because it's five o'clock. God has a time when he can be found and a time where he says, in the day of your calamity, I will mock at you. You laugh now at the prophecies. And then later, when the prophecies are being fulfilled, you cry out to him, and then you just hear that laughter coming back. What a perishing feeling. Repentance is a gift and a privilege. Who would hold on to sin? Here is the psalmist. David is saying, when I kept quiet, when I kept silent, when I refused to repent, when I thought, well, why is she talking to me like that? And why does she have this superior attitude? What superior attitude? The fact that nobody's ever preached the truth to you in 200 years, and now you simply hear plain speech, and it's offensive because it doesn't match up with what Joyce Meyer told you. You're a winner. You're a chicken dinner, whatever she's always saying over there, pumping you dry of cash and lying to your face and then getting facelifts with your money. And then what? What is the value of thinking I'm superior. When truth comes, there's a clash of kingdoms, dark and light. They can't occupy oil and water. They can't mix. You have to choose. Are you holding on to the oil of the anointing or are you just going to be flooded away with the waters of destruction because they're surely coming? You have to make the choice. The confusion is inside of you that is offended. The confusion is inside of the two kingdoms are inside of you. because I've already made my choices. When you keep silent, David says your bones will get old. You'll get sick. You'll be depressed. People will be asking you, Patrick, what's wrong? And you won't want to tell them about your porn library because it's not the kind of thing you discuss at dinner. You'll be on a date with that new girl and you already know in your heart, even if you like her, you're going to objectify her because you have a walking library of flexible women in your, in your head and she's a good girl and she can't compare to them. So you already know it's not gonna work out. You're suffering because you will not confess the darkness, the dirt, the cockroaches have taken over the kitchen and you're still shielding them and protecting them because of embarrassment and shame. And yet you have a room, God bless you, wherever you are. You have the floor, you have knees, you have everything you need to come back into the sonship of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's close the door of the room, put your knees on the floor and start talking. Honest, spirit and in truth, that's how you open that shut connection. Celestial, I feel he's not listening. What are you talking about? You're tr trying to talk about deep spiritual things when you haven't confessed. Your sins have separated you from God. This is what Isaiah says, worthwhile advice. It is always worthwhile to open the old steamer trunk and see if the cockroaches are in there. 
And if you see even one, put 15 mothballs of prayers in there to kill it, just to be sure. Christianity is worth having, and anything worth having is worth the effort, is worth fighting for, in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with me. This is the Master's Voice Prophecy Blog. I am Celestial. God bless you and keep you. May the word of God go into your spirits. May the word of God go into your hearts. May the word of God leverage everything that God wants you to have so that you can be ready and able and willing to walk in godly footsteps, to walk in truth, to walk in righteousness, to walk in sanctification, and to live your life to the fullest as God has intended for each one of his children. Until I see you again, God bless you and goodbye.